Good morning. Again, it's awesome to see you this morning and be here and worship a perfect Savior. Um, this morning's lesson, lesson comes from Matthew chapter 17. It's the first 13 verses. It's a lesson that, that I love. It's one of my favorite uh, scripture in the Bible because... Uh, it includes a whole lot of things that are important, especially in teaching and in learning. If, if you think about it, it's going to show us, uh, we're going to hear the word from, we're going to hear the Father's words. We're going to see Jesus in his glory, and we'll be touched by a Savior. Again, we all learn in different ways. Um, I'm a teacher. Um, I'm a teacher by trade, and um, kids learn different ways. Some kids can hear things and and know exactly what the lesson is. Some some kids need to 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 hear and and maybe read. If you read it and you hear it, then it increases your chances of learning it. But if you can see it. If there's something visual, then your chances of remembering that lesson is even greater. But I really believe that the more senses we can get involved, the better we learn. Matter of fact, this morning when I read the scripture, I want you to notice that first there's going to be a question, then there's going to be a touch, and then there's going to be some instruction. And I want you to notice in this passage how many senses are involved in this lesson. I'm going to, again, read from Matthew 17. I'm going to read the first 13 verses. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with them. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for me to be here? If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still... Speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when he looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision till after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? He replied, Elijah is indeed coming and will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him. But they but they did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man is about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them about John the Baptist. 
And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this scripture, Lord. Lord, thank you for this event. Thank you for this story. Lord, I pray this morning as we study the scripture, Lord, your words illumine our minds and our hearts, Lord, that we feel your presence. Lord, we hear your word, and we're willing to follow your, inst- your instructions. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, touched by the Savior. Have you ever needed a touch? Have you ever needed someone to comfort you? Have you ever been scared? Have you ever been so scared you didn't know what was going to come next? And then someone comforted you. I can imagine that's kind of what the disciples who were on this mountaintop with Jesus felt. They didn't understand what was happening. They really and truly did not understand I don't know why they went to a mountaintop, but I know a lot of times that we experience God's presence, it's on a mountaintop. It's away from our normal day-to-day routines, because I think God gets our attention more there, because we're not expecting anything. A few weeks ago, uh, we took some kids to the mountaintop, and we heard the voice of God And I've been talking about the voice of God and actually hearing the voice of God the last few weeks, really, starting with the baptism of Jesus. But sometimes I think in order to totally focus on God and listen to God, we've got to be on a mountaintop. Your mountaintop may not be an actual mountain. It could be a garden. It could be your study at home. It may be the sanctuary. It may be your back porch. But it's the place that you actually seek and hear the word of God. And the voice of God. Again, the voice of God cried out, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, there's a question going around. And if you look back, to the 16th verse of Matthew, Jesus actually asked some of his disciples this question. The question was, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Right here, God the Father answers that it's his son. And he's well pleased. But in the 16th chapter, Jesus asked the disciples who people were saying that he was. And then after he got finished, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Jesus told him that he was the Messiah. Or excuse me, Peter told Jesus that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And it was after this next chapter that Jesus took them to the mountaintop. (coughs) Took them to the mountaintop. Again, Jesus was present with them. Why must he take them to the mountaintop? Why did the transfiguration have to happen? Again, Peter answered that 
he believed Jesus was the Messiah, but I think it was to solidify his belief, to make it concrete, so that he could see Jesus in his glory. And I think it was also so they could hear the Father's voice. And when they did hear the Father's voice, the only thing that could calm them was a touch from a Savior, from the Savior. You see, Jesus' face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Now I'm going to read you a excerpt. I'm going to read you Exodus 34. It says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony, holding the Ten Commandments in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When you speak with the Lord, you see, your, your appearance is not the same. When you're touched by the Savior, you're never the same again. Again, can you imagine seeing Jesus in his glory? You see, God the Father gave the disciples his, the, the ability to hear his voice. And then he gave them clear visual Evidence who Jesus truly is. Another significant thing that happened at the transfiguration was that Moses and Elijah also appeared with Jesus. Verse 3 said, Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. See, Moses and Elijah represent the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets of the Old Testament. And I find this very important that after God the Father had spoken, the only one of the three that remained was Jesus. And I'm not here to tell you that the Old Testament does not matter. The Old Testament does matter. The Old Testament, everything in it points to the Savior. Everything in the Old Testament points to the coming of Jesus. The law, the prophets. You see, Jesus fulfilled the law. He's the one the prophets talked about. He's the one that they were pointing to. But Jesus alone remained. So who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? You see, Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus does represent the new covenant that can only be experienced by a relationship with Jesus. And the only way to experience that is to be touched by the Savior. To have that experience. To have that relationship, to have that experience, we have to feel the touch and the presence of the Savior. Again, I think the third and most significant event that happened was that God the Father told the disciples exactly who Jesus is. And then he gave them some instruction. And that instruction is to listen to him. To listen to him. To live it out. Getting back to the classroom. I can tell pretty decent stories sometimes. Sometimes I can make people laugh. 
But if those stories are really and truly about me, if they're not pointing towards Jesus Christ, or not pointing towards the lesson that I'm teaching, they're meaningless. You see, the significance here is the total focus, his, the transfiguration, the words that the Father spoke were directed for, for the di- disciples to direct their attention to Jesus and to listen to him. So again, I can read you a story. I can tell you a story. I can show you a picture. But the best way to teach is by example. You've heard the old saying that do as I say, not as I do. I can tell you that's not really effective. Kids learn by seeing. They learn by examples. You see, we're the same way. The only way we can really become who Jesus wants us to be is to follow his example. To love like Jesus. To love like a Savior. When it's all said and done... When it's all said and done and folks are talking about me a hundred years from now, if anybody remembers me, I don't really want them to remember how many theological arguments I, I won. I don't want them to remember how correct I was politically. I don't want them to remember anything that I told them. The only thing I want to remember about me is that I showed them the love of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's why each of us are here, is to show His love, His grace. And the only way we can do that is if we've been touched by a Savior. If we've been touched by the Savior, and we hear God the Father's instructions, and we read this love book that He wrote us, and we follow those instructions, and we listen to Him, and we live our life, We live our life for the sole purpose of being more like Jesus every day. That's what it's about. You see, in this scripture, God the Father says that Jesus is his son. Jesus is his son. Who do you think Jesus is? If someone asks you today when you leave here, and they, they said, who is Jesus? What would you say? What would you say? Could you answer like Peter? Could you answer like the disciples when they came down from this mountain? The only way you can is if you've been touched by a Savior. The only way you can is if you've experienced His love and grace. Are you listening to Him? Are you showing that love and grace that only comes from a touch from the Savior? Can you truly testify to the experience you've had with a risen Savior this morning? Again, that's what God wants from us is a testimony. Not a testimony about trivial matters, but a testimony how Jesus Christ has touched your life. And again, the only way I can experience, or the only way that I can show that love and grace is to have experienced it myself. Have you experienced that love and grace this morning? 
Last week I talked to you about three simple rules and we spent a lot of time on doing good. Doing no harm and then doing good we spent a lot of time on. But I'm telling you, if you've experienced the touch of the Savior, you're going to do good. But doing good can't save us. Again, only the touch from the Savior can save us. But if you've been touched by the Savior, you'll be led to do good. You'll be led to stay in love with God and stay in love with each other. You see, what we need, what we really and truly need in this world today is love and unity. Unity does not mean that we're all alike. It doesn't mean that we think alike. But it means that we love alike. That the message that we're giving people comes straight from the experience of being touched by our Savior. Listen to Him. I challenge you this week to listen to God's Word. The only way you can do that is by reading His Word, staying in prayer. They make these neat little things now. If you drive a lot like me and you don't have a lot of long time, they're called these apps that you can listen to the Bible. And you can pray and drive. We can pray without closing our eyes, thank God. Hey, I tried again to get to 45 on the highway night. I can't do it. I can get to about 43 and i got to slow down. It scares me. I've seen people do it, though. But I'm telling you, this morning, if you get nothing else from me out of this sermon or any sermon I've delivered, quote from John Wesley that if we can't think alike, at least can we love alike? Can we love alike? And can we love like Jesus Christ? If you haven't experienced this touch from a Savior this morning, and you're here, I would love to pray with you. I'd love for you to have that experience. If you're listening online, I would love for you to experience His salvation. His love, His forgiveness. Because again, in a hundred years, if any of you ever think of me, I want you to think of me about how I told you that Jesus loves you. Because remember, I love you. But He loves us more than we can even imagine. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for for your presence here. Lord, thank you for those mountaintop experiences, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. Lord, thank you for allowing us to hear your voice. Lord, thank you for for those touches that we need, Lord, when we're scared. Lord, when we don't know how we're going to take the next step, and the only thing that can sustain us is a touch from the Savior. Lord, thank you for allowing us those experiences. Lord, thank you most of all for your love and your grace that we experience because we put our faith in you. Lord, if there's anyone here, if there's anyone listening online, Lord, that hasn't had this experience, Lord, I pray that they they come to a knowing, loving relationship with you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.